gentlemen, uh, now the moment you've all been waiting for, uh, uh, it's the part three of Indecisive Opinions Christmas. Now you almost sound like Pee Wee. You sound like Pee Wee Herman almost now. Well, uh, Pee Wee has like three voices, though. Exactly. That was one of them. <laughs> well, well, then you got to get the real nasally like up here one, Mr. Wilton. Whatever that is, you know. I don't know. Also, Bobcat does too, though. Yeah. He like, kind of drifts. He drifts back and forth in this from like, well, you, M- Mr. Cross, I got to get a really. He's like kind of, I don't know. What is it with that guy's voice? You know? I don't know. Fun Bobcat. fact, I went to school with his nephew. I was good friends with his nephew, and he signed a L.L. Bean ad for me. Uh, he gave me an mm-hmm. autograph on an L.L. Bean ad. Mm-hmm. I'll have to send you guys ah. a picture of it. It's very random. Oh, sure. That's awesome. Uh, L.L. Bean ad. Straight up. It's like an L.L. Bean backpack ad from, like, 2003. I don't know was... why why my buddy had him sign that, of all fucking things. I could have easily have given him my Police Academy 2 VHS you know, copy, but I, he just, he just had that, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. He did, didn't have fucking shakes the clown or God bless America hanging out somewhere, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> that's okay. That's all right. Well, since we just mentioned a bunch of <clears throat> Bobcat Goldthwaite, it would, uh, I'm sure be left up to the listeners to be like, so what fucking Christmas movie are they doing that Bobcat Goldthwaite is in? Cause Maybe it's forgettable. I'm not sure if people know who he is or not, if they're not familiar with the comedy world, but he plays a great schlump, schlep, schlump, whatever you want to call it, of a character named Elliot Loudermilk in my personal favorite retelling of Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. This one is the late Richard Donner's Scrooged. You really got to, really got to enunciate the way Obobobatunde would want us to with that D on Scrooged. Because we're not doing that Albert Finney thing from the 50s. This is Bill Murray. This is Bill Murray with, with mm-hmm. hair uh, and a lot of it, and it's fucking crazy. But yes. Bill Scrooge. Murray with hair way too much at some points in this. Uh how's how's his face looking for you for you, Lou? It's a little, I know, it's uh, a little we, less pockmarked uh than his la- latter part of his things. career. Then in the in the mid to late nineties and and so on, yeah, he's looking uh he looks good, looking like a handsome, handsome, funny, yeah, mess of uh, Murray that he always is, you know. Absolutely. So uh, so I uh, I wanted to do this just because I thought if we're doing a classic uh, Christmas type of uh, you know episodes, we got a we got a good one. That involved some horror and such. We got a good one that involved, uh, you know, some um, some 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 heist heist things with a uh, very nice people. And uh, I really wanted to do the classic like Christmas Carol type of a, uh, you know, the re- realizing uh, you need to be nice and you need to change before it's too late, et cetera, et cetera. Which um. Kind of happened with the furpos in Trapped in Paradise, you know, with different reasons. But just the, I didn't, you know, didn't want to do like It's a Wonderful Life, obviously, because everyone's seen that. Everyone knows it. There's nothing really interesting to say. It's kind of like the most pivotal 
like Christmas movie, I feel like out there. This one is just t- turns it on its head with some comedy and it still hits you in the feels at some points, like seeing Bill Murray get a little teary eyed always is kind of like, wow, Bill Murray's capable of like feeling things. Holy shit. He's that always that <laughs> gets <he's>, to me. <laughs> he's definitely, he's definitely one of those people that I feel like throughout his entire career, it's like you can watch him in his films and it doesn't matter if it's something goofy because there's a lot of goofy ass parts in this movie, but to see yes. him walk through so many different fucking like feels, as you said, it's like even lost yeah. in translation. He has goofy moments, but that's like a pretty serious movie. Right. So it's like yeah, with, yeah. with something like this, I would, I would still put it in that same realm where it's like, he actually is feeling stuff and kind of going insane, but he also has the, you know, whatever, come to God moment or I see the light type thing just as, oh, as a Christmas Carol is. So it's, it's cool to see him go Carol. through so many things in, in a movie. It's cool to see him walk through so many parts of, of what makes Bill Murray such a great actor. You know, serious, yeah. goofy, uh, handsome and charming. You know, just the, the typical Sporadic. shit. Sporadic, charming, yeah. uh, re- really good asshole, you know. <laughs> yes. Maybe he's Ernie McCracken also, sometimes. <laughs> he's, a, he's also a good, like, nice guy, you know, like toward the end of the movie and everything. Like, he just pulls off the whole like shebang when it comes to like an actor, you know, he can just mm-hmm. pull off everything. Yeah. And I think this movie is a good like show of that, honestly. Yeah. Cause, like, yeah. Cause this he's, is he's, still he's the 80s. so much in personality. Yeah. Yeah. And this is kind of earlier on, you know, I mean, at least yeah. considering his career is still going on to this day right now, this right. is pretty early on in his career. This is the eighties. This is after stripes. Mm-hmm. Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, yeah. right? maybe even before Ghostbusters 2, maybe even the same year. I don't know. Sometime right around there where it's like he's got this slew of characters going on. So let's see um let's see if we can throw him into a fucking retelling of a Christmas carol, you know, like a sort of I guess it's like a modernized, you know, right? For the 80s, yeah. there's a lot of that 80s kind of stuff going on consumerism and all that shit you know like oh yeah like it's a little bit all over the place but like it anchors itself with like the meaning of christmas the themes that we're going for in this it all takes place on christmas or christmas eve and it has the thematic elements of the true meaning of christmas which he comes around to i think almost a hundred percent in part of the lovely karen allen as we've Yay. said before in one of the first oh, few yeah. episodes we ever did, she is just so relentlessly like charming and like wide eyed with that, like ginormous smile. But this is why she got every one of those roles mm-hmm. in like the eighties and nineties. Cause it's just, you see that late, like she, there's one point where she says the whole, like, you know, putting antlers on a mouse and he's like, just staple it. And she's like, if you hurt that mouse, so help me God. And you see his head turn. And he smiles and he like remembers why he like fell in love with her, you know, but he's just so far gone. So off like the beaten path now that he's still a dick. But there's that brief moment in the beginning where he realizes like, oh, yeah, this is why I loved this lady. You know, she uh, she was, as I love to say, she was my anchor. She's Karen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dude, she she defies the Karen name, first of all. Yeah, she's right? not she's not part of that uh slew of you know piece no. of shit humans. No, 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 that... no, 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 no. This I, is the I 80s and 90s. She's, she's, I meant it as she's a very caring person. 
not not a Karen. I didn't I didn't say Karen. Karen. Ah, Karen. No, yes. Karen sounds like caring and we are uh, and, and Karen's do not care. Let's let's get Karen, that. Karen's do not care. Do not it's care. It's in the name. It's right there. They don't care. Badoom. Tis. Was, so, uh, was this so good 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 choice. What was this uh you know, I know like with uh Trap in Paradise, we were talking like that was a Joey that was a Craig family staple during the holidays. Um, is this for either of you? Is this is this one of those Christmas staples uh, for the two of you, or is this kind of just yeah? I saw it a handful of times, uh, you know, growing up and all that. This is one I've seen just like a handful of times, honestly. So somehow the movie that everyone likes and knows of is not the Christmas classic staple in the Craig family. Don't you just love indecisive opinions, folks? You get it all. Don't you love? You know you love learning. <laughs> no, well, I, I know. Love this movie. It's just. It's just not one that's always on in Christmas. It's on every couple of Christmases. Okay, but like uh, in reality, this is on TV every single Christmas since I've been alive. And Trapped in Paradise oh, is yeah. not. <laughs> so that's why I was like, it's just your family choosing to like play certain movies, which all families do. So for me, this was up there, but it wasn't the most played. Like my parents kind of OD on uh, Christmas Story. It's a Wonderful Life, uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Those are the ones that they played a lot. And Scrooge is like the sixth or seventh most played in my household. So it was always there. We always just strictly watch Christmas movies from like December on. So it it was there. But this I wanted to do this because those other movies are like, I don't know, just overplayed for me you know like christmas story has been on tbs 24 hours for like what 10 years now my oh, parents would basically yeah. play it for 24 hours themselves in the 90s before it was on tv so like it, i get it great movie but like i'm so fucking sick of that movie i could never watch it again in my life and i will be totally fine and like christmas vacation is great but i don't ever need to watch that again in my life because of how many fucking times i have seen that movie and like there's just not those thematic elements of what we were getting at in it. I feel like this movie hits the more emotional marks because of how, like, how much of the plot is just a Christmas carol, essentially. And it's just like, you know, doing its own retelling of that, basically, as I'll just keep reiterating throughout this episode, probably. I feel like there's a lot more fun things to talk about than, you know, just recounting the jokes in those other movies like over and over and over again. There's a little, we, we chose movies that have some heart in them, believe it or not, these three, you know? Mm -hmm. So this was, uh, this was just one that, I don't know, it would always be on TV and I'd always watch it, but it was never like one of my family's favorites, but we all love Bill Murray and we've watched shit ton of Bill Murray movies. And like when I, if someone was like, name your top 10 favorite Christmas movies, Scrooge would probably be number five or four for me, you know? And uh, I mean, because yeah. obviously Die Hard is in the top three and people love to argue about that. But I'm sure some people have Gremlins <laughs> and Lethal Weapon up there as well. And those are great movies, too. So, like, who gives a fuck? It's just this is like engulfed in Christmas, you know, right. all those movies, Lethal Weapon, Christmas. It's just there in L.A. You know, there's no snow. It's just around Christmas time. And it's a funny little like the tertiary plot or something that has nothing to do with anything like this scrooged is fucking christmas right here 
This guy is Ebenezer Scrooge, and he needs to fucking change before it's too late, motherfuckers. And that's what may happen if you've ever uh, seen seen this film, you know? Don't, don't, don't want to spoil anything for the you folks out there that have never seen this 1980s classic. <laughs> or or just, a Christmas Carol in general, you know, like it's because there's plenty of other retellings of it, you know. Yeah, Muppet Christmas. Carol, I one of my dude, favorites. Muppet Christmas Carol is also up there for me as well in the top five. It's fucking great. I love Gonzo and Rizzo, just anchoring that film. Love love saying anchor after all this. Uh, love whoever's texting away the whole time I'm talking here. Really appreciate that. So I will turn the discussion to one of you guys now so I can text away while you guys talk. Uh, when are your earliest memories of seeing this film? Or is it a staple in the household? You know, Lou, you didn't get to answer that because you asked it. Yeah, Take it um, away, gentlemen. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if anyone's texting. Uh, so basically what I've found is with this movie, this was Very one of those. We, we had it on um, we had it on VHS. And it was one of those things that, like, uh, our video store, our local video store, they would uh, they would have, like, stuff for sale, like, up towards the front. And it was some of it was, like, kind of, like, discounted, like, old copies, whatever. Um, but they had, like, a for sale rack. And this was one of those my grandfather would, like, frequent our video king <clears throat> in Canastota. And we ended up getting a copy of this. And I remember seeing the cover. Canastota. I, I remember seeing the cover of it. And I was like, what is this movie? Because, like, I feel like, yeah, we know who Scrooge is, but if you look at that cover, like, just a picture of Bill Murray lighting the cigar or whatever with the skeleton hand and, yeah, like, his crazy-ass hair, yeah. it doesn't—it's, <laughs> like, without reading the back of the fucking box, it tells me nothing, right? And I'm sure there's a tagline on the front, and Mike probably knows it, but the thing is, like, that type of—that uh, image yeah, is just ingrained in my fucking head because, A, I owned it, but, B, I remember getting that, and I was like— what the fuck is this movie? Clearly, it's got to be a Christmas movie, right? Like, but there's nothing to that that cover that screams it, right? To me, as a child, it didn't. It's not like you're seeing Muppet Christmas Carol and you see fucking, you know, all of the, the cast and crew all dressed up like it's fucking goddamn England circa the goddamn Industrial Revolution, right? Well, they're all playing, they're all playing the characters, you know, like uh, Kermit is fucking Bob Cratchit. Correct. Correct. Michael Caine obviously is Scrooge. There's n there's none of those characters in this movie. So isn't it isn't it weird that that's like the the joke I made in the last episode? Scrooge because it's like screwed, but with Scrooge, <laughs> dad joke city. Like they must have knew crazy. what they they must have knew what they were doing. Like they had yeah, to. like they yeah they had to have had some foresight or just some type of like we gotta name it this because it's gonna be marketable. Mm -hmm. And then people within the first like 20 minutes are going to be like, what, what the fuck is going on? And then eventually, uh, you know, Lou Hayward or whatever shows up and you'll get like, oh, okay. He's the, uh, what was it? Like, uh, the M Robert Marley, you know, whoever, uh, Bob Marley. Waldorf play <laughs> Bob Marley, Bob Marley, <laughs> whoever, when it was Statler and Waldorf and they show up as, as ghosts, you know, and they freak Michael Caine out and they fucking, uh, you know, they uh, berate him from the from the from yeah. above as as they do. You know, that's a that's I think when you finally make the connection in this movie, like, oh, this guy is Scrooge, Frank Cross or whatever. Yeah, is Scrooge, and he's gonna be taken through the shit. It's definitely got to be a little weird if you just turn this movie on with no context. The first fifteen minutes is kind of just. 80s <laughs> yeah it was in lee majors dude <laughs> yeah it, that was that was great like 
so so to go back to the kind of the original question, you know, that I had I had posed to the two of you, and it's like, was this yeah, a staple around store. Christmas, right, for me? And the answer is, it, it was not. Um, I unfortunately suffered from a family that's similar to yours, Mike. Uh, Christmas Carol on TBS played for the last 15 plus years, uh, you know, f- being aired. Uh, that was watched. Christmas Story. Or Christmas Ralph. Story was, was watched constantly because it was on. Yes. So it's like we would have a handful of things. We would do like the, you know, the claymation Christmas stories, Santa Claus coming to town, Frosty Snowman. Oh, dude, shit, right? yeah. So dude, those, Rudolph, the classic Rudolph. Rudolph correct. Those we, ones are great. Those are great, though. Yeah. We, would, we would do those. Home Alone is one of my favorite Christmas movies of all time. Home Alone that, is is my that's my number one that was uh that was always watched and then obviously later on elf was was would be into heavy rotation christmas the Classic. cranks a little bit later on um uh, he said it i did Gotta say throw it. Him out there. i did say hey, it. so uh, so no th- this was this was kind of very similar to to almost it sounds like with joey this would be we would watch this you know, every couple Christmases, every few it's just, Christmases, it's just there every now and yeah. then, yeah, and not because we didn't want to, but it just. You know, even though I owned it, I would watch it more throughout the year <clears throat> than I would at Christmas. Does that make sense? Like because I own oh, it, like that was a kind of that was a kind of thing with this movie. I would just enjoy it. I didn't need to just watch it at Christmas because I treated oh, it wacky. as a Bill Murray movie. That's how I always have viewed this movie in, in my personally. Like, yes, it is a Christmas story. Obviously, it's a Christmas tale, right? It's the the classic yes. retelling, <clears throat> as you had said, Mike. So it's I yeah. always just treated this as. This is Bill Murray. This is a Bill Murray movie. You know? I mean, it is though because he's that level of like superstar that we oh, were yeah. saying. Like, like with Nick Cage, you know, he just anyone will just watch this movie because Bill Murray is the lead in it. You know, that's all they need. Yeah. That's it. Doesn't matter what it's about. You know, why do you think people saw The Dead Don't Die? Because Bill Murray was in it. I don't fucking know what that movie's about. You ever mm-hmm. seen a Jim Jarmusch movie? I don't think anyone knows what they're about, but you watch them because they're interesting. That's and they're slow at a lot of times, you know. It's just he's the guy. That's it. Yeah. So I I don't do that with Christmas movies a lot. I stick to Christmas like most people do with Halloween and horror movies. You know, I really only watch Christmas movies around Christmas time, as opposed to maybe like Home Alone or those rough like you know the ones where you can are, say are they really a Christmas movie type of shit like like Lethal Weapon and etc whatever mm-hmm. we were talking about you can watch those whenever i usually i really only watch this and most christmas movies around christmas time but i i understand where you're coming from and same with Joey's parents were just they were watching Trapped in Paradise dude they're watching other stuff mm-hmm. classic classic <laughs> <laughs> stands by it dude i mean i i was fortunate enough with our choices to where i in, i enjoy all of them and they'll all be in rotation or have been uh I, ne- I never saw krampus before and i was obviously like always meaning to and just did just one of those movies you know mm-hmm. five years later you're like i've been meaning to see this forever and i just never did so i was really glad that we did that and trapped in paradise i have i've grown to like way more since I saw it when I was younger. So this was just, I don't know. You guys kind of chose ones. It seems like you've liked for years and have been, you know, in the rotation. So that was, so that was this for me. It wasn't maybe my family necessarily, because, you know, Mm -hmm. as you know, from this whole Mm -hmm. podcast at a young age, I was enough to where once I could gain control of the remote as the youngest sibling, 
uh, at maybe like 10, 12 years old, I was, I was watching any, any old thing, watching all the movies, whatever was on HBO. And, uh, you know, even, even on TV, I remember there's a lot of moments. Like when I watch Ferris Bueller on cable, sorry, I got to mention Ferris Bueller guys. When I meant, <laughs> when I watch that on cable TV, I can tell you the whole scene of when Ferris is talking about Cameron, when he's catatonic, just like he's going to marry the first girl that he lays. She won't respect him because you can't respect someone who licks your boots. And obviously they do not say lick your boots because that's a weird fucking phrase that cable TV throws in there. They say kisses your ass. Hmm. And that wasn't okay in the eighties apparently, but that's, how many movies I've seen on cable where they change the words around like that. And I have no idea because at a young age, I was just like, Oh yeah, that's, that's yeah. Licks your boots. That's, that doesn't seem enjoyable. You know, it seems like a not great thing. I wouldn't want to be doing it unless the boots were from like Willy Wonka's factory or something, I guess. Uh, sure. So that's just, that's just this type of movie too. Same with screws. I can't think of any prime examples cause they don't really swear a lot. There's not too many crazy things, but there's some line the bill murray says where i remember on cable i was like oh my god he said something else that was so dumb though i wish i could remember it and i still can't remember it right now so i just need to say it for anybody out there who's watched scrooge on cable tv throughout the years and they know exactly what i'm talking about you can uh, you can all have a little chuckle to yourself email us lurkingclassofficial at gmail.com if you know what that scene and word is Uh, we do have an instagram too (laughs) I don't know what the phrase is, but we've mentioned before about like Super Bad and Pineapple Express and Step Brothers like on cable TV and the the dubbed, you know, swear so, words so. just get 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 so out there, so ridiculous, so stupid. So in your head half before the time. before we get too <laughs> away from it, Mike, I I wanted to ask your your opinion on something. Did you identify and this is just the picture that you painted for us uh throughout the course of this podcast but since knowing you did you identify a lot with the with bill murray's character the young bill murray's character in this movie um you know the television obviously was a huge part of his life he had that come to god moment where basically it was like none of that happened to you you were not running across a field you saw that on little house in the prairie right so basically yeah his his memories <laughs> he was so intertwined with television in movies that in some weird way i tied correlations to you because you are uh quite you're obsessed with film and that's wonderful um well, but i but, stole my best but, friend's dad's car when we were like 18 when i skipped school that one day so i'm sorry if a lot of similar things happened exactly dude. Like, exactly i happened. knew it i knew it that that, that is you happened. to a t you live vicariously <laughs> exactly. through films i knew it i knew I'm pretty it sure that happened <laughs> Wait, did that not happen? I really, I really like the fact that his father gave him five pounds of veal for Christmas. Like that to me, yeah. like was I, there were so That's many funny, so funny moments. That's such a funny fucking moment. Yeah, dude, the value of that veal today. That's what he said. He said, "What was <laughs> he talks, it like?" He talks about that. He talks about that too. He's like, "If I got that today, that would have actually been really great." But back then, it was fucking bullshit. Well, he owned the butcher shop. That was their butcher shop. Yeah. Did you see the car outside of the yeah, house? Yeah, yeah, and that and that was 1955. Back to the Future vibes right there yeah. because um uh hang on, let me pull up my notes for one second because um that guy 
whoever it is, fucking New York Dolls dude, you David know, Johansson. the cab driver. Yeah. He says it's not where we are, it's when we are, which is from Back to the Future. Yep. 1955. Back to the Future. Uh, November 5th, 1955. Wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. That was me. That was me who did that. My bad, my bad. I, I, was, at, I was friends with that scientist guy that one time, and I went back. Dr. Emmett Brown. Come on. And my mom kissed me and all that weird shit that no Leah one Leah Thompson's your mom? <laughs> I was playing the Get guitar back here. then. That was before I became a drummer. I was really <laughs> weird. I don't know what it was. You, your guitar name was face. Calvin Klein. You know, just... <laughs> my name was Calvin Klein. I wore whitey tighties. Maybe they were pink. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, he says that. He says that back then. Uh, or in in this movie. Uh, yeah, David Johansson mm-hmm. says that, and I thought that was really funny. So yeah, that's um. That's a great little like what one minute like cameo from Brian Doyle Murray right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. With a really accurate like could be his dad portrayal because there are so many people in this movie that related. look like Bill Murray <laughs> and his younger his brother in this movie kind of looks like Bill Murray and his dad kind of you know that actor that you just rattled off who's been in fucking nine million fucking movies. Uh, Br- Brian Doyle Correct. Murray, his his real life brother. Correct. Yeah. Yes, Correct. exactly. Yeah, because that's why they look alike. Blood related. related. <laughs> Blood. What is with Brian Doyle Murray's voice? Because he's I always know, ha- he's always had kinda, a very gotta kind of have something you know, recognizable. Vo- where where is he from? Where is Bill Murray from? Is he Canadian, or is he from Chicago? I mean, they all seem like they're Canadian, don't they? I mean, yeah, they they kind of do. No, he's uh, no. Is he you, from Chicago? Right, he's got to be you're from right, Chicago. Though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Why else would I be talking about Ferris Bueller so much? Of course, he's from. Er, no, that's like you. You're from Chicago. Some, you're from. Oh Chicago. yeah, yeah, right. That's me. That's me. Yes. My bad. My bad. I like I like the boots. Yeah. Uh, that's I'm um. I'm starting to be confused here. <laughs> I don't remember, dude. That that that, that part is really funny when he's just naming the other TV shows and David Johansson's just like, I saw that man. He's mm-hmm. like, that was, he's like, yeah, well that was, that was the new episode. Yeah. It was a new one or something. And they're just, there's like a little like five second bit between them in that moment. That's, uh, that's, well, they're talking, they're talking about really the, early comedy. They're talking about <laughs> the little house in the Prairie, uh, come home special. And yes, that was what it was. The come home. Special. Really, really. Not, have not, had uh, e- have either of you guys watched Little House on the Prairie at all in your lives? No. Okay. Yes, but not because I wanted to. OK, so those books were read to me at a very young age. And then my grandmother proceeded to buy every single VHS tape that existed so for the sorry. show because I'm you so could sorry. you could buy the collection from like fucking Time Life or something. And I'm I at I'm one point sorry. in my life owned th- fucking 35 40 vhs tapes of this goddamn show and in nothing against the show it was fine but like as a kid it's like i want to watch the fucking a team i do not want to watch little house on prairie yeah, but you know what i also wanted to watch i watched A-team. little house in the prairie <laughs> i watched a shitload of little house in the prairie i i it, the weird thing is I'm it goes off the really, books truly sorry it doesn't even follow the books at one point like it gets to where it's its own story similar to uh-huh. that of like fucking Game delay in the sir sends his regards fucking we're creating a story and the book's not done yet you know like or whatever it's that <laughs> type of they did that type of thing with it they will send their regards 
they will send the, they will send the regards. So so anyway, um, yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that uh, both Buster Point Dexter and Bill Murray were able to exchange fucking pleasantries in that point. And I also wonder how much of this movie, <laughs> like the you know the end sequence when Bill Murray is delivering his whole thing and he goes on stage and fucking Bobcats holding people hostage in the fucking booth. <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering how much of that was improvised because rewatching it again, I noticed that he has a he's like weird stuttering or like pauses like and i know that it's meant to be like oh i'm this is hitting me so hard like i'm feeling this for the first time it's it's my again the come to god moment however the fucking realization it's dawning on me as a piece of shit i treat all these people poorly but like i wonder how much of this movie elements that bill murray improvised and if any at all because some of it some of scenes in particular that last sequence seems to me there are parts of that that were improvised but i i don't know i i I could be wrong about that um because i know that yeah i I feel like he does that he'll just go off on on things like you said bits and shit so i'm wondering if if any at all this movie he improvised you know you're you're scrooge go like (laughs) it's it's yeah that's that's just bill murray he's the he's like the anomaly of the movie star he doesn't have an agent doesn't have a manager, you know, he just shows up when he shows up, he showed up like two days late for ghostbusters and everyone was worried. And when he showed up that day, he was just like, Hey, what's going on guys? Like nothing was wrong. And he was ready to go. And he had all of his lines and shit was, and it was great, you know, and he just did his thing. And it's just, that's, that's Bill Murray. Yeah. I'm sure that he probably, uh, just did whatever the hell he wanted all the time if he thought it was going to work because it probably did did so it's um, just one of it's just one of those things joey did you guys just in general speaking about uh you know christmas carol were any of the retellings of christmas carol obviously not this included were they heavily watched like what movies what christmas Muppets, movies did you guys Muppets watch christmas carol. Uh, pretty, at pretty your much, house pretty, other yeah, than trapped in paradise like, other than trapped in paradise pretty, <laughs> We pretty much, yeah, it was like the Muppets Christmas Carol one. That's about it. That's what the M- only like M- M- and Otter Jug Band Christmas? <clears throat> oh, shit. You know what? Now you mentioned that one. When I was yeah. younger, yeah, we definitely watched that. It's just another like a Jim Henson puppet type thing. You know, yeah. the Dark the dark Crystal Christmas special, right? Yeah, you watched sure. that one too? Same, same kind of thing. Yeah. Fraggle, Fraggle Rock Christmas, a Fraggle Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Must be Italian, Fraggle. Fraggle. Is that Italian? Is Fraggle Italian? No, No, Fragile. That's Italian. Italian. I can tell you because I'm I'm from the Bubba de Boop. (laughs) (laughs) I heard that. I understood the Bubba de Boop. I have a mustache. I'm Italian, obviously. That's not how that works, Peter. There's a a lot of of, uh, Bill Murray-ness in this movie where it just seems like... Took the fuck over, but also I will say that could also be in part due to the late great Richard Donner. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned Lethal Weapon a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. The director of all of the Lethal Weapon movies, the director of the first two or three Superman movies, like that. The dude was doing the thing in the seventies and the eighties. Does he He's just love Christmas? Doing all the work. Does he love Christmas, or did he love Christmas? Because that's I, a very specific I, probably. <laughs> it's a very probably. specific thing to be like. I've made not one, not two, not three. Dude, back to back. I'm pretty sure Scrooge is sandwiched between the first two Lethal Weapon movies in the 80s. 
It's wild. I'm pretty sure that's dude. This he's do you guess probably Big don't Christmas even remember, yeah. but he directed the Goonies. Yeah, like that's a Steven Spielberg like has a heavy hand in it type movie, so people forget. Mm-hmm. And like Chris Columbus wrote it. I'm pretty sure. But then Richard Donner was the director. That's like I'm sure Joe Dante was in there too, because then that's just like the trifecta of like the biggest people in the 80s, basically doing anything. But this guy did a lot. He he did a lot of like insanely huge movies in the 80s. Probably all of like some of the biggest 80s movies right there. Mm-hmm. And I think the first Superman might have been like 79 or something though. But basically, from Superman on to like Scrooge and Lethal Weapon. It's just that dude was doing shit. He might have had the whole hand of where he saw this script and just knew instantly, well, if we have Bill Murray attached to this character, he can just do whatever, whatever. Yeah, like he can just do whatever he wants and 50% of it. Like, it doesn't matter how good you're writing something. Like, obviously, Harold Ramis and Bill are like an insane combo to fuck with. Like you cannot mess with that. Caddyshack, Ghostbusters, like they The Ice it, Harvest. It's just the Ice Harvest, of <laughs> course. They were they were both in that, obviously. No, I'm talking about but, writing. You know, I'm talking about writing, because you just named off Carol Green's written things too. I was saying specifically with Bill Murray though, which was why I was like, well, Richard Donner is that kind of director where it could have been the same. Because when Harold Ramis wrote stuff, obviously he like nailed screenplays and jokes, but when Bill Murray's in the movie, he just, he let him do his thing. That whole scene in Caddyshack when he's like hitting the flowers is improvised. That whole thing. He just keeps repeating like Cinderella's story, you know, to like anchor himself back to the whole bit. But otherwise, like that wasn't, come on, seriously. That's wild. I'm sure that he improvised. It's just one of those things you're never going to really know. It's the mystery of Bill Murray. You know, I didn't look up anything. There's no fact section for this movie. I'm not doing that with something Bill Murray is in because he's the biggest anomaly known to man. There's a whole like hour and a half documentary on how much of a mystery and like beautiful thing Bill Murray is. <laughs> he might be an alien. <laughs> I, I he might not be human. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I like I like the idea of trying to like could you imagine trying to explain Bill Murray to somebody who doesn't know who he is? Like, no, that's what I mean. It's not possible. You can't, you'd have to just say, have you seen ghostbusters? And then they're like, no, and you're like, have you seen Scrooge? You know, right. Mm-hmm. It would just go on and on and on until you find that he saw fucking Charlie's angels. <laughs> I mean, yes, <laughs> that, that is, and then that like, is yeah, a movie Bosley. Bill Murray was in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just it's got to be something super fucking random and out there, you know. They're just like, yes, I did see Osmosis Jones actually. Yeah, he's the human guy in it, man. Yeah, he's the body. Saw Operation Dumbo Drop, and I really like that movie. That is not the name of that movie. Nope. <laughs> it's yeah. That is not the name. Operation Dumbo Drop. Dude, Joey has no idea what you're doing right here, but I love that. So, so before before we before we move too far away from it, um, it can't be that movie. Uh, Operation Double Drop. Um, before, go on with the chlorophyll. Before before we get uh, before we get uh, too far away from it, I wanted to ask each of you, uh, and I'll start with Joey. Um, Joey, what was your favorite ghost and why? Oh man, honestly, my favorite ghost had to be fucking. Uh, Oh, what the hell is that dude's name from the New York Dolls? David Johansson slash Buster Point Dexter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, dude. <laughs> my, he had to be my favorite. <laughs> he had to be my favorite man. He should. That whole scene in the cab was just fucking hilarious. And like, yeah, the, he's the, just a great duo. Honestly, mm-hmm. they should be on screen like a lot more together. <laughs> Good yeah. chemistry. Yeah, I love the pieces of tobacco and David's teeth um throughout every time he was on screen it was so it was so filthy but it was like you i I don't know like the way that they portrayed each one of the ghosts but in particular um you know the ghost of christmas past like his character was just so it's clever i don't know like that's one of the things i think i really liked about this movie not to get i want to ask you mike who your favorite ghost is but one of the things i appreciated that voice too well yeah he's got there's a lot of specific there's a lot of voices in this movie that are crazy but again i think just how clever they the the way in which they presented a a classic tale that everyone fucking knows you know it's been done and done and done and done and done and done and done but to see it like this and doner it's i don't know he he absolutely nailed ghost of christmas past as a New York City cab driver, dirty New York City cab driver. Don't forget. He's kind of just pl- he's playing a rough version of himself, probably. Yeah. I bet you. You would. Do we know anything? <laughs> do you think he was a cab driver before New York Dolls really took off? I mean, I'm sure uh, we could check out. Knows? You know, early set, early seventies, late sixties, maybe. How old was he? Because he was like re- he was really young, probably. That's how it was with all those bands. It was probably like right when he was like 20 years old, so maybe not. <laughs> I'm sure we could call Checker Cab in New York City and check for 1099s circa the late 60s, early 70s to see if David Johansson was employed they got there. Nothing better going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Mike, so Mike, who is your uh, who's your favorite ghost and why? Uh, yeah, uh, Carol Kane, Ghost of Christmas Present for sure. She is. Yeah. She is so hilarious just beating up Bill Murray. <laughs> and and that's 100% like the same thing I thought when I first saw this movie. Mm-hmm. Like my dad would always make the joke that like that was my mom. And uh, it was just like, like my mom doesn't like smack me around or anything like that. It was just like the, the hot, the like high pitched mom voice. smacks him around. My, my mom my mom's really small <laughs> mike gets abused when he goes home for the my, holidays my my mom is but yeah only verbally though guys that's the, that's this household that's the italians for you it's all verbal abuse but it all like, makes sense now joey this all makes sense she's very she's we'll see very where he gets it from everything i learned i learned from you mom slams the door no i just legitimately always thought that's like it was like um, when I was really young, I would tell people like I'm a fan of the show Friends. I grew up in the Friends era, as most of us did. And when I was really young, I would always say my favorites were Joey and Phoebe because they were just like the dumb, funny, very mm-hmm. like, you know, just lowbrow. Like anyone can kind of understand like Joey's hungry. haha, That's funny. Joey likes food. Like at five years old, you can understand that that is funny. You get it? Sure. And then yeah. and then as I grew up, I was like, no, like Rachel and Chandler are my favorite because like Chandler is very specific with like his like, you know, fucking narcissism and like his comebacks. And you don't get that at a young age. Like it goes over your head in single digits, probably. That's just the that's the metaphor I like to go for with this. And uh, I think uh, Ghost of Christmas Present when I was really young, just smacking Bill Murray around constantly. And he's like, if you hit me one more time. And then she does obviously was like, I can be in the womb. And this is funny. 
-hmm. Like it's just physical, physical comedy. It's so easy. You know, she's smacking him in the face with her wings dancing. He's just trying to get through the window. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, yeah, (laughs) it's just like, that was when I was younger. I thought that was hilarious. And, and like, she keeps hitting him and gets like the truth out of him, you know, when he's denying himself as well. So it's still, ties back to the whole thematic element of it, you know, him learning a lesson. And I mean, I mean, I also just love, I love like Alfre Woodard and her whole family in this movie. I love them being like the Cratchits mm-hmm. of this, you know, it's mm-hmm. just such like, it's, it's all like a very realistic portrayal of this like rich white dude treating his black assistant like shit. And she has like four kids that she's supporting on her own, you know, and it's just like the most wholesome human being ever has the tiny Tim son that doesn't talk, but like is not getting anything throughout this movie. And it just sucks. The whole like underdog aspect of it, you know, whoa, 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 whoa. And- don't say she doesn't get anything. She got a towel. Yes. <laughs> that she dried her hair with the same day. So she didn't wash yes. it. So it stinks because sent, of the packaging. I sent the towel. I sent the towel. They sent the VCR. Gosh. Exactly. I know, but I just, and that's pretty much, I mean, the same thing even with when the brother and uh, the wife and their friends are like having the dinner and he's not there and they and they can't guess the name of the SS Minnow, which is always fucking hilarious. <laughs> just like something ever, anyone should know, you know? Yes. The same thing. How do you describe Gilligan's Island to someone that has no idea? It's going to sound like the most ridiculous fucking thing. You guys know Lost? Okay, we'll think like 50 years earlier. But there's a skipper and a, a rich person and no, two, a two rich people, and, two rich people, a movies, a movie star, <laughs> a professor and this chick named Marianne. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know. That's just it's all like very wholesome moments that she's a part of while smacking him around to make him realize like what he's currently missing as opposed to what he has already missed and what he is about to miss. This is like his immediate decisions are the ghost of Christmas present, which is I've always been drawn to as well. I, uh, when I was a child in fourth grade, I had the extreme uh, chance or like whatever it is, luck to be Tiny Tim in a play musical version of A Christmas Carol. Obviously, I was just the most most adorable small kid there. Did so you I had did you be... speak through it throughout it, or did you wait to the end? Yeah, I'm. Say, yeah, no, I'm. I'm real right. tiny Tim. I'm not Scrooge tiny Tim. Oh. I have lines. You weren't dressed fucker. up as a Christmas tree by your mother when you were younger. <laughs> no, see, that's just. <laughs> did that happen to you? Bark twice <laughs> if you're in Milwaukee, face. Mike. It's okay. His, you can you can talk to us. We're all when friends that here. Happens too. It's just like he's so disappointed, but it's really funny. And the dude, but they love each other. They're poor and they love each other. You know, that's the Cratchits. That's the whole thing. Like, we don't have enough of this Christmas goose to go around, but we're going to make do because our love will feed. <laughs> it will feed us with love. It's just, it's super wholesome. Anyway, so how I, inaccurate I to, is that, by the way? Can we just say that somebody, multiple children would have died in that household, the Cratchit household? Okay, yes. That's what I mean is the Scrooge that we're watching and talking about are the more realistic like portrayals of Correct. human beings in the 80s and stuff. This is totally how it could be. Not I don't know about a Christmas carol. Charles Dickens he he There were some liberties some that were taken dreams, with the, the telling had, of that had some, story had for some sure. fever dreams that he woke up from immediately and wrote down and that's the whole thing, I'm pretty sure. But uh but anyway, I got to be Tiny Tim. The thing was 
I kind of was like, I wanted to be the ghost of Christmas present more because in this play, it was like the Muppets Christmas Carol type of Christmas present. Like it was a very big, like jolly Santa Claus type of dude, very happy, you know? And obviously that was never going to happen for me because I was not of the size requirement for the role. didn't matter if you could act or not back, uh, back in these productions of Holy Spirit School. It was just, it was all based on size. I was never going to be Daddy Warbucks. Just wasn't in the books for me. So mm-hmm. I, I got stuck with Tiny Tim, but I really liked that part because of the immediate, like, um, the immediate regret of the Scrooge or Bill Murray, Frank Cross character, you know, is for the Ghost of Christmas Present. Like, all the things he's seeing happened that day. Like, him being like, no, I'm not going with you, Karen Allen. No, I'm not going to dinner with my brother. No, I'm not giving my secretary mm-hmm. her bonus of money, not a towel, you know? Mm-hmm. And he gets to see all three of those things right there. Like right in that moment, those are the instant, like, ah, I fucked up, you know, like, that's it. He doesn't learn his lesson right away, but he instantly is like, ah, I fucked up. And then he sees Herman fucking dead and it's the real deal. And that, you know, it, that hits with them more when it, when they start throwing the death into it, that's when it yeah. always starts to turn, but just, Besides the fact that fucking Carol Kane just beating him up and it's hilarious. It it was like, that's the most relatable moments as this type of relatable ass Scrooge character for any miserable human being. Obviously we can all relate. That's why this retelling or this type of, you know, movie film play, whatever Christmas Carol is so good around this time of year because it's just give just give and love, you know, don't be the opposite. That's it. Just be a good person. There's mm-hmm. two sides of it and that's it. And that's the whole thing. And it's so relatable. And we all have like immediate regrets, you know, and like things mm-hmm. that you can just look back on forever. And it can be like him getting the veal or being real young, fucking up with awesome Karen Allen, like, or it can just be a few hours ago, you just told your brother, no, I'm not going to dinner. And then you get to see what they're talking about and be like, wow, I am a piece of shit. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has those doubts, man. Talk to your therapist at betterhelp.com. Not a sponsor, but <laughs> it's just insanely relatable and it's funny. And I, I, I love, I love just all the aspects of like the three ghosts, obviously. But that one just like that one just it hits in all the spots like that's where the real emotional like tenderness of this movie comes into play is where you see three people that like he wronged or like messed up with in the beginning of this movie is then faced with or coming to terms with like his mistake, uh, you know, 40 minutes later. It's just right there. It's just it's it's a great like plot to drive a movie. It keeps you in your seat. You, you shed a tear or you, or you wince, you know, you feel a little bit, it hits you right in the feel sickles. And that's just, and that's what this shit is all about, man. That's mm-hmm. what I think. That's what I'm just saying, man. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to all. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> you know, that kid's a, like, kind of a bastard. You know, like he basically tortured his mom into oh. thinking that he did not fucking have a goddamn the the ability to speak, and decides to use his one chance to speak on national television, thus yeah, forever altering like his future. His mom wasted so much <laughs> money on fucking therapists and shrinks, and meanwhile, this kid just doesn't want to talk. He, All it he, took was the Christmas spirit. 
bullshit oh, yeah, bullshit the kid could fucking speak the kid's <laughs> selfish the kid's selfish i'm sorry the mom is clearly struggling yeah you know what that that uh that didn't that didn't age well because he finally decided to talk when the rich white guy asked him something that's not cool i don't agree i didn't with even that. i didn't even think of it that way but yeah that's a that's a good point <laughs> Fuck that, man. It's a very 2021 uh, very way to look at it. 2021 observation it's of very me. 20, I know. Very astute. I, um, hey, man, come on. We got we to gotta cancel everything, dude. And I'm canceling fucking Scrooge. Let's get on it. All right. Consider it canceled. You No one will ever hear this episode. We've canceled it as we're doing it, guys. No, that's just... That's, no, no, that's I'm kidding. Thing, that's um, the thing with young children as well, though, how when they don't speak at a certain age... Uh, it can be like a you know a psychological or ongoing that like kid, dramatic that kid whatever. Sucked. That kid sucked. I'm sorry. Like he was. Yeah, they, show, they show him in it a lot though. Like he watches the Olympic gymnast lady like do the flips or whatever. Yes. And it like zooms in on his face, and he's all like, "I have an expression." I love that Bill face. Murray asked like <laughs> when he grabbed him by the shoulders, like, "Do you work here?" It's like. The kid is yes. a ch child. Dude, he doesn't is, have that, working papers. He does not work. That's what's here. so. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's what's he so funny. Child actor. <laughs> no, 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 no. He wasn't well, in he costume was. though. But it's because of his dad. Did you get that? I got that. I got that. Because of when Brian Doyle Murray is like, oh, yeah, 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 he's yeah. four years old, and there's always some excuse, yeah. you know, like I, that. That it's hilarious. But he kind of grew into that, you know. That's him being miserable when he's older. He's taken after his dad shaking these kids around like do you work here and then he hides behind the uh the the, the little people yeah the uh <laughs> and this is uh, i think this is a good segue from little funny people guy. um i'm glad that you guys asked uh so i think one of my favorite the ghosts cats. is the ghost of christmas future and for me the nice. reason i've in any of the retellings of this or i guess like the you know the quote-unquote like original one that everyone had seen growing up um I always liked Ghost Christmas Future because it always creeped me out because it's like, you're going to die, right? Like, that's always the big reminder in not only yeah. the story, but just in general. Inevitable. It's portrayed by the Grim Reaper tr traditionally. But what the reason why I like this one the most is I love that, that moment when he's in the fucking elevator with him and he opens up oh, his fucking yeah, and robe and he's like, he's like, is that us? He's like, yeah. we're going to get yeah. some calls for that. Like, just the, the Bill yeah. Murray-isms of him <laughs> interacting with a, a literal Grim Reaper it just it, it's it was fucking yeah, it's still it, funny it's it can't, so it doesn't good. respond to it doesn't him. respond just to it talking to himself but what also what also creeped me out in particular about <laughs> this one is it was the the whole movie screen face that kept changing was really unsettling to me as a child uh, yeah especially like when it uh followed him out of the elevator or didn't necessarily follow him out of the elevator it's just his, the face of the screen turned yes. to the elevator of him leaving it's super weird like that again that was very uh unsettling to me as a kid and even rewatching as an adult <laughs> yeah. it's like that's like that's weird aside from the fact that you have literal human beings trapped in your rib cage um aside from all of that you have a you don't have a face you know, like that's weird. People without faces are no are scary. Place. You know, a TV screen for a face. Yes. No place for ears. It's just, yeah. The, I I really <laughs> liked how they did uh, the Ghost of Christmas Future in this one uh, a lot. Like it was very creepy. 
And that's yeah. where I think where we were talking about initially. And obviously, Joey, you touched on it. Like we're talking about just Bill Murray kind of just being this Swiss Army knife actor kind of thing. And we've talked about this movie kind of walking all of those different paths. It's goofy. It's sad. It's funny. Um, and th- then it's also like this is kind of also creepy in a sense. Like, yeah, it does get to a little bit of dark. like a horror it's thriller dark. because even even right before, like, you know, it's really cool that the elevator is like the way that you know takes him to the future or whatever you want to call it takes mm-hmm. him to see the inevitability of what will happen because you got the whole taxi driver thing and then you're just floating around with a fairy which is very fun and then you have the elevator like you're going down to hell mm-hmm. and shit and uh it's really good and right before that fucking elliot Loudermilk trying to b- blow, blow his brains his off up. yeah <laughs> he's literally <laughs> coming at him with a fucking shotgun yep that hey, 12 gauge that uh, I I also liked how they had just they allowed Bobcat Goldthwait to just run around with a fake gun and shoot things in the office like <laughs> while he's whistling and those shit. Shells, man, he keeps so loading them up. So good, so good. Yeah, I, he's yeah he's singing along to the to that Christmas song. It's I a just good time. I don't know. Very as funny. If, I don't know as if there would have been any like, and this is just like hot take. I don't know if any other actor could have done it the way in which Bill Murray did this. Oh, I'm dude, sure other actors could have played well, it. In all these movies, you know, is could this have worked with somebody else? I don't was think he so. the initial decision, you know? Like, yeah. I don't think whatever, so. Whenever this came together, it needed him. Yeah. Yeah. Like He was the perfect actor for the role. I, I, mm-hmm. I think maybe, and this is a very thin maybe, I think that maybe a mid-2000s George Clooney might have been able to do something right. like this. It's the same sense of like being dry. Dry in a dick. You know? You know, yeah, like yeah, yeah, he, yeah. B- very old brother where art thou correct. burn after reading Cohen Brothers, George Clooney. Yeah. But it's like <laughs> but that's but, but again, I, I think maybe he could have done that. But dude, I, I don't I don't think the mannerisms would be the same. Like like in the elevator no. thing when he when he walks into like the crooked room and he's holding his hand on the wall and when he fucking slips earlier in the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. like through the entrance way and shit that's like that's just bill murray right there those moments would not like work with anyone else i also I think if you had to choose someone though you know george clooney yeah like that's close well we know i can see that we know that george clooney can sport a pretty fashionable mullet uh circa early er <laughs> so i mean yeah you know <laughs> you could make the comparison to the bill murray in the 70s right when he's working and everyone's partying at christmas and he's got that horrendous horrendous fucking head of hair um his hair his hair that's amazing it's gross (laughs) (laughs) it's disgusting can't you tell what what i think never has a full head of hair on his head he always has that receding like little blob you know it's a blob it's a looks like a rorschach test on the top of his head it's i i think what was so on like what was so bizarre to me about his hair in the 70s well it was it's his hairline (laughs) but the fact that it just like it's all over the place and almost like i can't tell it's like is is your hair dirty is your hair greasy or is it just is it grow like like a fucking burdock bush like it's just fucking all over the place mad scientist but like but dark brown or black or whatever it's just very yeah it's, it's very erratic. very strange it's got a mind of its own it, it definitely does it's, it it's definitely attached does. to bill murray's mind too which is a whole you know thing we it's just talked human. about it's an alien bill murray is He's an not alien. human 
<laughs> do you think I, uh, and that would actually mm-hmm. that would track and make sense if Bill Murray was an alien because he is obviously very close with Dan Aykroyd, who is a massive US, uh, UFO uh, enthusiast as well, uh, very well yes. versed on on the supernatural in regards to unidentified flying objects and alien visitation. So if Bill Murray is an alien, perhaps that is the alien that uh, I guess introduced Dan Aykroyd into the world of you you know UFOs and aliens. There is hey, a he's the whole possibility. reason Ghostbusters oh, really got ghosty. He Correct. was looking into the the technicals of mm-hmm. it, you know. He was the Marcus Parks of the crew. Leave it to leave it to Dan Aykroyd to, you know, put a put an alien on screen, right? Bill Murray, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, hey, that's true. And Harold Ramis, dude, Caddyshack is one of those first ones, yeah. you know. Yeah. He kind of did that. I mean, shit, dude. I love this alien. He can do anything. He can do anything. Um, He's himself alive. Is there? Uh, what did we miss anything about this movie? I feel like. We've talked um, about Mike being in a play. Mm. We've, you know, we've we've really, I think, hit all cylinders on. This, I've done uh, a bunch of plays, dude. Don't yeah. even. All right. No, I'm. That's why I said we we've talked about it. You know, so it's, I had a nice little roll, nice little tiny. Did you eat, did you eat the, the roll or with butter or was it just like you know? Did you actually was, speak in that though? Like you had lines, right? It was a biscuit, actually. No, yeah, I had lines. Like if you guys remember the legit Christmas Carol, or you remember, mm-hmm. um. You know any any of the other ones? Did you have a crutches? Uh, Ro- I, I think I think Robin was the, is the name of Kermit's nephew, the Muppet that is uh, yes. also a frog. I believe he's the one that plays Tiny Tim. Yeah. yeah, he has he has lines, and I did. I had to have a crutch. crutch. I had to walk with a limp. Oh, yeah, nice. one just one. Yeah, and that was the, I I kept forgetting too. That was the thing. That was back when I was you know like I said eight years old and I was ambidextrous, so I couldn't tell my left from my right for a while. And I would always have to do it by like what foot I could kick with because I was not ambifootress. I was just with the hands, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I would I would literally like probably swap that crutch like uh, like at, like every scene by accident back then. wasn't wasn't keen on the details. Uh, I was very Sam Raimi in my ways of editing back then, you know. Just didn't matter to me. It was all about the take, all about the acting, mm-hmm. about the, you know, I had to get into character each time to really be this small, helpless, poor child experiencing poverty firsthand. It was something. Uh, it was an experience. It really was an experience, though. That was like the first thing I ever did. So I was way too young. So, uh, I don't really remember it too much, obviously, because where does the brain go when you get older? Right. I uh, I usually just this is the time where I go back and I ask if there's like any scenes or like specific lines, you know, like jokes. Usually in the comedies, I go back to in this uh, instead of like practical effects, because there are some cool little like practical things in this. Obviously, little mini moments where it's nice and eighties. I'm gonna say honestly, my favorite scene was the whole intro with Lee Majors fucking. And the Gatling gun mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. The night the reindeer died, starring the six million dollar man, Lee Majors. <laughs> yeah, dude, it um kind of reminds me of Tropic Thunder with like the opening, like, you know, trailers mm-hmm. for each yeah. individual guy's movies. They have all these like different commercials that they're pitching and shit. And it just you it's know, awesome. Bill, Bill Murray just thinks they're all garbage. <laughs> oh, he's probably out chasing beaver. <laughs> Daddy loves beaver or whatever. Daddy like, loves, come on, that's fucking beaver. so good, dude. That was that is hilarious. 
So good. No, People I don't know. It's a television show called Leave It to Beaver. <laughs> I agree, uh, Joey. That the sun. That whole opening sequence is not only is it great because it makes fun of fucking you know programming during that time frame, but just how shitty television, especially like primetime television, actually is. Oh yeah, dude. It's very bad. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you you know 85 percent of television programming throughout our childhood and adulthood fucking big bang theory nonsense you know like it's just i know crappy exactly, crappy television crappy television so it's yep. cool to see them make fun of you know now we're looking at holidays you know holiday shows and specials and all that dude shit. i'm i'm pretty sure seinfeld <laughs> was like right after this movie came out and they like broke tv you know mm -hmm. so it was a real lull in the mid eighties where, you know, television was probably just all that. That's what people wanted. They wanted the $6 million man. You know, they wanted TV action, Walker, Texas Ranger, some shit like that. That's what it seems like. Right. Low hanging fruit, low hanging fruit. Um, a line that I like near there is literally specifically right in like the beginning when he first, uh, what is it when he's first like, well, he's upstairs in like his giant, you know, office penthouse type thing or whatever. And, uh, comes back from his little, like whatever Lou Hayward, uh, moment. And the phone is just calling like Karen Allen's character mm -hmm. or whatever. And, uh, he like, you know, picks it up immediately, but I like how he realizes, even though like some shit just happened, he looks down when he says that line he looks at his watch. He's like, I know it's been and looks at his watch and then says 15 years. And I was just like, that is, that's gold. That's gold. It's classic. So, classic Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. <laughs> just looks at his watch and then says 15 years. I was like, ah, and, and, and this is Mike's kind of comedy right here. Like that's, that's where it was at for me. Hmm. And, uh, and, and then as I got older, it uh you know that that type of comedy transcended and a scene a little later than that is uh when the lady is very uppity about the woman's dress and how you can see her nipples but then she herself gets knocked out and needs to be taken away and bill murray goes make sure her nipples are covered up so so good <laughs> i might have been that might be one of my one of my favorite lines in the entire film honestly cuz just the snarky like back talking way of how he says it because like you know it's a callback to something she said is just oh, bill That's murray great. chef's kiss yeah fucking chef's kiss to bill murray um there's a bunch of other uh when david johansson says like i've done this before and when they see their moms i'm telling you niagara falls and he's like i'll keep it together <laughs> who do you think you're talking to and then sees his mom and niagara falls it's really funny. Niagara Falls, uh, Frankie Angel, or Frankie Baby. Frankie Angel, Frankie Baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, funny, funny, funny yet emotional. It's getting, it's like, it's uh, slowly, uh, you know, dashing in the, um, the, the emotional stuff mm -hmm. before yeah. it starts picking up more and more and more. It starts rolling like a fucking avalanche, baby. And uh, a little after that, the, uh, the Kama Sutra jokes and stuff that even when he's on tv and he's like trying to do the position himself that stuff's really funny because i for mm -hmm. sure did not know what a, the kama sutra was when i was a small child <laughs> yeah <laughs> did not get any of that when i was younger i was just like oh hieroglyphs cool anywho 
back to the movie. Uh, um, wait, there's one more. <laughs> there's one more. There's one more. No, there's a bunch more actually. But the one I don't want to forget to mention is when he just appears underneath the sidewalk and shit where Herman has frozen himself. Pretty sure he looks oh, around yeah. on a, for a way to get out, and he goes, "Oh, this is nice. Where are we? Trump Tower." <laughs> In the 80s. That's a nice little witty line. Still holds up in 2021. (laughs) (laughs) It's cold, man. It's cold around here. It's a good one. All right, Lou, what were you you going for? Anything? No, I mean, you know, I I like, I I think one of the big scenes, it's like I, I mentioned it. Uh, I guess in the middle of this podcast, I suppose um, the whole ending sequence where it seems like some of it was improvised and he's just trying to change. He's basically trying to change everyone's lives because his life has been changed and impacted in yeah. such a huge way. So I, I really just, I like all of the different things in the people that he tries to make amends to obviously his brother and his sister-in-law. Well, Hey dude, that's, classic christmas carol right there is all those people that they show in christmas present and past and whatever he's got to right his wrongs because scrooge or ebenezer you know he's he's got the money he Mm -hmm. is the one who has the final say of where he can just give the cratchit some money and you know money ain't love but it it can buy love no like it can buy you things obviously but it ain't everything but he's yeah dude he's fucking in control of that food you know he's the guy in charge of this network he's blowing up his whole career essentially right now to right those wrongs you know Mm. so it is it is a little weird looking at it now where it's like oh he's just trying to change everyone's life now that because he wants to change his life or whatever but i don't know like there's a little bit of sweetness in that it's genuine you can tell at this point at least it's genuine yeah i would say you know him uh, basically, and and that's uh, maybe that's why I thought it was improvised a little bit is because he's trying, he's basically acting like his life has changed, which it has in the movie, according to his like character, obviously, and yeah. we know from the, Dude, the, the story most, of Christmas Carol, the biggest, the biggest like character arc in history, yeah. you know. <laughs> so it's like, you know, for for me, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't know, I I liked. I, I always like the conclusion to a movie, and, and in particular, I liked seeing how Bill Murray kind of portrayed, I am a whatever, uh, not a president, but whatever, essentially a president of a, a major television corporation. Um, NBC. Correct. You'll love it. Um, so the thing is, what's cool bum, about that bam, is I, I, liked, I liked just him in that role. Like, act like your life has changed and you're trying to impact everyone around you because essentially you're Scrooge and you're trying to correct the errors of your ways. Like, yes. seeing Bill Murray... Dude, immediately, once he with, sees that he's dead, like, correct. it's instant, you know? That's always how it works. Just the whole, like, I want to live, and the elevator opens, I'm alive! And he's instantly changed. <laughs> that and his crazy-ass hair, too. I mean, that really, I think, just... Oh, well, that, ne- well, that never the, changes. Completes that never the, changes. The, the whole <laughs> importance of that. Uh, of that, of that. And, and also, just an aside before you know the the one thing the last thing i want to say is i also really really enjoy every single time that bobcat goldthwaite's on film or on screen um oh, just yeah. the idea yeah, that i was he, gonna get to that too he spent so much Falling time apart. trying to get a fucking bottle and two of them one was stolen from him and the other one broke um it just he <laughs> gave blood to get 20 dollars, like and then gets robbed like it's just this or yeah, his, sorry his jacket gets taken off of him like it's just 
It's insane. Like I, I just that that was the very well read. Bad luck. Yeah, just a terrible. What was his name? Fucking Milk Dud or whatever. Uh, fucking dude, Harvey Elliot Old Milk. Milk. <laughs> Elliot Loudermilk. Yeah. Shut your fucking face, Uncle Fucker, with all those. <laughs> I'm, hey, at least I'm guessing. Milk yes, I did say Milk. milk. <laughs> you were all right. At least you were guessing. All right. Yeah, Joey, take it. Take a guess. What What's the name of Elliot Loudermilk? Ah, shit. Bobcat. I'm just kidding. <laughs> just wanted to give it to you, buddy. I know I know that Lou likes the guessing game and you just kind of sit there with all the, the weight of the world on your shoulders. So I just wanted to just wanted to make a bit before we uh instantly jump into the game portion where that's exactly the uh the the, the, the spectrum or whatever with these two guys. The spectacle <laughs> unfolds, ladies and gentlemen. Are there are there any other things? Any any last thoughts? Any remaining scenes or jokes, Joey? You got anything? No, I think we covered them all. Honestly, covered a good chunk of the movie right there. I mean, hey, people probably are gonna watch it and know it and put a little love in their hearts. Yeah, enjoy. Something I gotta say. Something that rhymes with hey. Put a little love in your thoughts. It's just the way it goes, man. It's the way it goes. <laughs> yeah. I, way it goes. I don't Here know. I goes, think, boys. yeah. Yeah. I think you got him, Lou. I think that was pretty much what I was getting at. A lot of good, a lot of good little things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've said my piece on this uh, on this movie. Go and see it if you haven't seen it. Uh, it's on Pluto TV if you like commercials. Yeah, and, you know, it's recommended. You it, it is recommended, I would say, for me at least. Yeah, hell yeah. For me too. Me too. So, um, yeah, I got, a, I got a more so of like, I don't know. We're probably at like a little, like around an hour, over an hour now. Maybe... I'll see if we're feeling like we want to do another game after just as like the, the end, the end all of 2021, you know, our, our anniversary, our Christmas, our, whatever you want to call it episodes last of the year, you know, shebang. But, um, I got a game specifically for the anniversary stuff and then we can do a, a Scrooge, a Scrooge related one. Maybe if everyone's into that or if we have enough time on the docket before the giggity goo that we have to run and play possibly. <laughs> I will like to introduce you guys to a game called parental guidance. All right. And this, and this is just another IMDB type game where none of you guys get put, throw your phones across the room right now because I said so, but um, also because the game is just, you go to a, a movie and you scroll down and there'll be like the reasons of why this movie is rated what it's rated, you know, yeah, like yeah. a lot of like, it'll mention if there's swear words, like graphic violence, blood, like sex scenes, nudity, you know, any of that mm. type of shit. And uh, sometimes they get really specific with little like sentences that people put in there. So I'm just going to read you guys some uh, like back and forth. And you basically have to guess which movie I'm these are from, you know? Okay. So it's um simple enough. You'll get it after we do the first round, I'm sure. Uh, I believe Lou was the victor from last week's games. So I'll just have you go first so that I can give you guys, like, 
I only have like three clues on here. Some of them don't have a lot, but there will be multiple rounds where we'll just switch off. So Joey, you'll get to go first on the next one. Sweet. So it's not, not completely unfair. We can see who can gather up the points, but uh, usually once it gets to the third one of these, it's kind of like the giveaway. Like you should, you should be able to know what the movie is. Like, you, yeah, you guys, you guys will get it. Oh yeah. So, uh, so let's start it off. Lou, I'm going to read you one of these uh, guidelines from a movie. And you just, you just got to guess what the, what the movie is. Okay. Simple. Uh, so this first one is the F word is used once or twice and hell and ass and damn are used frequently. <laughs> what movie is that, Lou? You'll never guess. No, I will. I will not guess. Uh... Exactly. That's, that's how it starts off. So you can always, there's no like penalizations. You can just guess something and then we'll move on to the next one. <laughs> um, uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Wow. That's a good, that's a great guess. Unfortunately, that's not correct. Oh, I knew so, it. So, Joey, you get the next clue. Sweet. Uh, this this guideline is a woman has her top ripped off and is forced to kiss an undead character. Huh. Yeah. And the the first one is the same movie as well with the the F word once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hell and ass and damn. Yeah. So you know, try try and put it together. What does it sound like? Uh, movie that we've you know done here that we've covered this movie just answer the thing I, joey I, you gotta make i don't guess. know man i, <laughs> I did say this is the anniversary out. edition and lou decided to guess little miss sunshine so figure it out what do you think uh i'm gonna guess friday 13th there friend <laughs> all right that is a solid guess but it is not the movie <laughs> So, Lou, you get the final clue here. See if you can rack up a point for yourself. I believe I the, know uh, what it is, but yes. The thing is, a man is pushed into a pit, and a fountain of blood sprays out. Uh, a what? A what? Oh. Is this, is this Army of Darkness? Lou, you've gained a point. Nice. Okay, I see how this works. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was like new new game. You guys will get it. You kind of got to put your thinking caps on though. A lot of the other games are just bullshit because you guys have very specific movie knowledge and that kind of doesn't help a lot. So this is just this is just have have fun. You guys will Hell yeah. figure it out or you, or you won't. <laughs> it's kind of always the name of the game though, honestly. Mm -hmm. So uh Joey, you get the first and last clue this time. Hell yeah. Uh, for a new this new round, obviously. Lou's got one point. This uh for this film, this guideline is a couple make out, they are naked, but nothing explicit is shown, yet sex is implied. Um <laughs> uh, sounds, sounds a little saucy. Sounds very saucy. Let's go with uh uh, I'll just say sex drive. Wow, sex drive. That's a <laughs> that's a that's a guess it's right very, there. Yeah, 
yeah, it's a little bit nudity actually in the movie, but you know, you know, that's a movie. That's it a is movie. though. I've seen that movie. What do you got for that's me? That's not Mike? what this movie what is. You got for me. So your next uh, thingamabob. I think, I think is I know what this is, but continue. two characters are seen gesturing with their middle finger. Two characters are seen gesturing with their middle finger. Well, basically, it's the, the it's the guideline of the yeah, people yes. give the middle finger, and there are two characters in it that both give the middle finger at some point. Basically, is this Starman? Lou, you've gained another point. Oh wow! The final clue was going to be many characters are seen smoking throughout the movie. That's a good, just like. <laughs> Just like dumb one that would just piss you guys off, but so annoying. I mean, one of those, one of those was a giveaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's when um the middle finger thing when the one guy does it and then mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges does it back to him. You know? Yeah. Yep. That was funny. All right, Lou's running away with it. Your next clue for the next movie, though, Lewis. Good luck with this one for our next round. There are three uses of the word bitch, eight of the word shit, and 11 of ass or asshole. <laughs> Which one's that, motherfucker? Oh, boy. Uh, damn. Uh, not really <laughs> narrowing this one down. Nope, didn't say damn, actually. The words were <laughs> bitch, shit, and ass or asshole. Bitch, shit. So... Asshole. You have lost and turn in all your credentials at the front desk. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Love that joke. Uh, I'm going to just guess that this was 30 minutes or less. <laughs> you are awarded no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Hey, you're wrong. Yay. It's not. It's not. It's not this one. But but excellent try. So Joey, you ready for your clue? Yeah. All right. Your thingy is uh, a character is shown naked in a contorted position, attempting to give themselves oral sex. Um, <laughs> come on, Joey. Oh, fuck. He just oh, laughs. He on. just laughs at it. Uh, oh, fuck. I don't know. Shit. Can I just guess if, if he's, when he's done? Yeah, because it'll be over. Because okay. you'll have gotten three points in a row. This is, so. uh, this is saving silver, <laughs> oh, man. All right, Lou has won oh, the parental fuck. guidance oh, game. Christ. That was anyone's game. Could yeah, it just took me to that like second round of the first thing, and I was like, "All right, I I get this now. I understand." Yeah, I mean, that's why I was like, "There's got to be a clue or two in here that could kind of be for any fucking movie." But uh, well, that, that, then I was just thinking, like, "What have we done?" That was the biggest thing for me. Is just like, "All right, I." Shit I like I said, it was the anniversary edition. I Hell yeah. wasn't sure how soon or not you guys would catch on to that. So just took me around. That's all. I did. There was it. a I only had like one or two other ones of those anyway, because there wasn't like I tried looking up Space Jam and there was literally like no guidance things because it's Space Jam. So bright, bright it was lights like and a, flashing. A bun a bunny is shown wearing an outfit at some point, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. What? It didn't work too well. So, um, hey, way to go, Lou. Congrats. That's a fun little game that 
I can't really do when we're doing one movie. You know, you got to do multiple films. So Correct. I figured for the anniversary edition, that would be a good one. Um, but it. we can go back to one that is more related to the topic at hand, which is a game from last week where we all had some fun, I think. Yeah. It's Last Last Man Stanton. Nice. We're going to all stant. Let's stant together. Let's All stamp right. it. Stamp by someone, me. Someone say alien. Oh, was Harry Dean Stanton in Stand By Me? <gasps> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. I thought that was Jerry O'Connell the whole time. Guess again. Dude. All right. So with the topic at hand, Scrooged, whose movies are we going to be doing, gentlemen? Oh, Brian Doyle Murray. <laughs> Brian Doyle oh, Murray movies. Yeah. Caddyshack and Christmas Vacation it is. Wait, no. That's are we doing it. Bobcat Goldthwait movies? Yo, no. <laughs> you going to name all three of those as well? There's a fourth one. I mean, he, I, he was technically, I mean, I know he like directed it, but World's Greatest Dad, I mean, as oh, fucked yeah, up he as did, that he was. Oh, yeah, he did. He did. He did direct that I'm pretty one. sure he was in it, he, too. Was he? I don't, okay, maybe. I don't think so, actually. I thought he played the best. I thought he played his best friend. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I haven't. I only saw the that dad, once because it was like very Robin depressing. Like Robin Williams? Yeah. I, I, I thought it was one of his friends in that movie. Maybe not. It doesn't fucking matter. Bill Murray movies. Last Giancarlo Stanton fucking or whatever we're doing. Let's. Yo. uh Last last Gian, <laughs> last Giancarlo Esposito Stanton. Nice, dude. Lou, uh, start her off with a with any movie Bill Murray has started in his life. All right, let's get I, it on. I'll I'll get it on. We'll get the most obvious one out of the way and say Scrooged. Hey, we're doing it this nice. time. All right, Joey, give her a whirl. Groundhog Day, dude. Classic. Nice. One of one of my yeah. one of my one of my all time favorites. If we had to list, you know, our Bill Murray movies like that, I think Groundhog Day would be a top fiver for me for sure. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking top three for me. Ooh, it's a thick that one. Movie. I don't want to narrow it down that much. I'm only but a man, <laughs> a man that has a whole movie inside of him called Osmosis Jones. Very nice. <laughs> nice. Classic, probably not in my top five, but no, I don't think it's in anyone's top five. But it's it's a fun and movie. That's why I that's why I said a classic. That's what we say now, right, Joey? Isn't that? It's a classic. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm gonna go with got, Lou? Uh, Ghostbusters two. Oh. All right, Joey. Now that you're left with no possible answers. Oh, I know. Uh, the dead don't die. Oh man, you went for. <laughs> Son yeah, of yeah, 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 took yeah, yeah. Took my fucking Steve Buscemi out for me, you little cunt nugget. <laughs> now I got to think of other movies that Steve Buscemi was in with Bill Murray. Oh, oh God, I might be out, guys. Might be out. I don't know. I guess I, I guess I could just say Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh shit! You, you can, and and you did. That's my job here is just to be the dick and take the other ones off the table for you guys yeah. since it's not National Treasure's Book of Secrets, you know, or uh, no, Bad Lieutenant 2, The Port of Call, New Orleans. Sure. <laughs> sure. 
<laughs> I don't know. Sure. sure. Then Lou says, sure. It's just like, can you shut the fuck up already <laughs> and just let me let me do this? <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Lost in Translation. Nice. ScarJo. Yep. All right. Uh, I've got one question. Are you ready for the summer? Oh, say it. Nice, dude. The first. <laughs> nice. The first of many. Um, hmm, what was another, was another really, really, eh, you know what? Let's just go with Caddyshack. That's really early. That's early enough, Murray. That's around meatballs. Classic. I think there's another one that might even be before that, but I don't want to, I don't want to take too much time. We got a lot. We do have a lot. <laughs> this is a quite the, quite the fucking resume. Uh, I'm going to just go with stripes <sighs> and just again, get the, get that. Yeah, that's, oh, ar- nice. that's around there. Great one. The intro of John Candy to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go Maybe with Harold. Honestly, dude, that's a great Very one. Very nice. All right, Garfield. Maybe. Ugh. Ooh. I'm just gonna go with regular Garfield. Actually, not the maybe. Just you know, if he had any regrets. Ugh. Oof. Such a, a such a <laughs> such a funny moment in that movie, dude. Jesse Eisenberg fucking shooting fake zombie Bill Murray. Like, oh, so great. So great. That's so, so top of the line. <laughs> I mean, it fits. I mean, that's that. I'm glad that that's how they worked him into that movie. Let's just put it that yes. way. I don't, I don't, yes. it's the same. Uh, so, uh, let me, I'll just, I'll give, uh, give my answer here. So I'm just going to go with Rushmore just to kind of put that in. There. Hell yeah. Oh, we're kicking it off. All right. We're getting Wes Anderson up in this. Right. <laughs> um, Let's go Hyde Park on Hudson. Dude, nice. <laughs> Not one I ever thought I'd hear from Joey. Excellent dude, work. I fucking I I like that movie, dude. Dude, there's good. a lot. Dude, there's he's in he's in a fuck ton of movies. I'm gonna go with one I don't know if y'all have seen. My boy Chris O'Dowd is in it. Saint Vincent. Yeah, that's a good one. Emotional. Melissa McCarthy, Naomi Watts. Yeah, that is a is a good one. I think that's the little kid who's in like it and knives out too. It's like the first movie he was ever in. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Kid who plays yeah. Bill. Yep. Yeah. It's creepy, creepy child. Um creepy child. Creepy child. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Royal Tenenbaums. <laughs> Gotta have more creepy kids in our movie. <laughs> no, no more creepy kids. Uh, he was also in the lodge Jackson as well, I believe. Yeah, he's in he's in like he's doing things now, you know. Yeah. He's just one of those yeah. yeah. Uh nice nice other Wes Anderson one. Uh onto onto Joey. What you got? Um got Grand, any more hit? Uh, Grand Budapest or Grand Fuck. You gotta say what it right in order for it to count. You're getting there. You're get you're getting there. He's getting there. Uh that fucking Budapest movie. Not try, try, you gotta say a, the movie name. <laughs> the Grand Budapest Motel. Nope. Hotel, Try, yeah. fucking... Say the movie. Right, say the movie. Say the whole. Say the whole thing like it's a spelling bee, and you're Jason Bateman. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Excellent work. <laughs> My sister would be sh- so proud of you. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, let's 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 just keep on the sleuth here. Oh, man. My, my my favorite. Um, I actually there might be another one. But my favorite that I'm positive Bill Murray is in is Darjeeling Limited. That's my it's my Wes Anderson of choice. You know, I haven't Owen Wilson with a broken face. It's the one time where that nose works. 
it works because he's supposed to. Right. You know, you guys, I, haven't, you haven't seen that one, so that means nothing to you. I know that is the that's one of the few uh, Wes Anderson films I have not seen. Ah, uh, dude, that's literally. I was gonna say I was gonna say another one that might come up, but I don't think he's actually in it. But I think that's my favorite Wes Anderson movie for real. I really always liked that one. Yeah, that Jason I, Schwartzman, dude. Jason yeah. Schwartzman. Uh, and yeah, Adrian Brody one. as well. Um, I'm Adrian Brody yeah, in everything. I'm uh, I'm gonna go with What About Bob. One of my personal favorites. Oh my god, yeah. Well, I watched it uh, as I did with the last game. Watched this a few weeks ago. Still holds up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus is a curmudgeon. Oh, so great. And young baby Charlie Corzmo. <laughs> so great. Yeah, it's a good one. But uh, are you thinking, Joey? Um, what's on the table? What about Joey? Did somebody say somebody said stripes, right? Yes. Yeah, Lou said stripes. Um, um, I've still been writing down what we he said. So he was in. I said zombie. He was in Zombieland Two, right? What's the name of Zombieland Two? Um. Uh. <laughs> Come on. Oh my god. Oh uh, wait, is it Double Tap? Say the Full entire title? name of the movie. Uh, <laughs> Zombieland Two Double Tap. <laughs> This is great, dude. Excellent. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. Excellent work. Yes. As um as we stick with the sequels here, I'm gonna go back a little bit because no one's gonna get this one. I just want to be that guy. Garfield two, a tale of two kitties, not cities. A tale of two kitties. <laughs> yeah, don't watch it though. Not good. Yawn. <laughs> uh <laughs> I'm gonna go with <laughs> tail and kitties ripping off a tale of two cities. It's fucking yeah, hilarious. It's... The movie is not though. Ugh. But if you like Breckenmeyer and you're a completist of his, you gotta go for it. Or a Bill Murray completist. Sure. Um, I am going to go with uh, that sure again? Life, Life Aquatic <laughs> with Steve Zizou. Ooh, it's where we were introduced. To a nice uh, a Noah Taylor after Almost Famous. Mm -hmm. Some Willem Dafoe up in you. Mm -hmm. Good choice. Good choice. We're getting a lot of the Wes Anderson ones out of the way here. Way to go, guys. I like his movie. Joey's thinking of He's like, all right, what are the ones we haven't said now? <laughs> uh, can, I get a, can I get a list of what we said? Come on. No, you just no. get a guess and I'll say because uh -uh. I've, I, got, I got it here. I'm writing it. Fuck. Um, racking the brain. Sheesh, man. Have you used your lifeline yet? What my movie collection? <laughs> Stop looking Get at away your from it! Get away from <laughs> it! <laughs> I'm upstairs in my room. I know you said <laughs> you said that last time. You're like, I'm gonna go to my movie collection. We're like, you're done. You're kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <sighs> What could be in that collection, dude? Do you have a picturesque memory? No. <laughs> oh fuck, man. I, I I can't think of it anymore. You're tapping? You double I'm tapping? Gonna, I'm 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 zombie land double tapping out. Hey. Dude, way to go out with a should shebang. I'm I was trying. Dude, I don't... All right, so the one I was going to say is Bottle Rocket. I'm pretty sure he's not in Bottle Rocket, though. I think that's, like, the first yeah, the first one. I don't believe That's, like, Owen Wilson's, like, first movie. Yeah, that's why. I was like, I think that's actually the one he's not in. Yeah. 
Yeah. So then Fantastic Mr. Fox it is. Okay. Um did we say Ghostbusters? Yes. We said I said the second one, but someone did say the first one. Yeah, yeah, I came after. I came at you. Okay. Um I'm going to go with uh, Operation Dumbo Drop. That is not the name of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? It's not the name of the movie? Dude, I legitimately no, Are you no, sure? I was just making a joke because it's the name of a movie. Can you describe the plot of this movie to me for a second, though? Just out of my own, like, sheer morbid, like... So, basically, okay. the United States military has to go in and either save an elephant or drop an elephant into... And it's called Dumbo. Um, they have to drop it somewhere. I, I, I saw this movie when it first came out because Bill Murray was in it. And... <laughs> I think Danny Glover was also in it too. Um, I don't think it was good. <laughs> like, is the whole is that the whole thing? Like they have to drop Dumbo, or do you, or do you see the Dumbo? No, like, it's not. It's movie? not. So so Dumbo is a is a fucking misdirect. It's not. It's because they're dropping a a fucking elephant from the sky. He doesn't fly at all. It's like they're they're parachuting this fucking elephant somewhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So. So here's my thing, and also my answer. There's a movie called Larger Than Life that is about Bill Murray traveling with an elephant to get him to, like, Janine Garofalo to mate with another element, or element, another elephant, because they're the last of their kind, and they need to, like, you know, do that thing, repopulate. Yeah, that is... It's it's called Larger Than Life, and the whole time you were saying Operation Dumbo Drop, I'm like, Lou's just thinking of some other fucking movie. This is funny. No, that he is. he's actually plays... uh, Like I said, it's like the U.S. military or something. Um, Dude, I was like, if you you know it, then I'll take your word for it, because I haven't seen every Bill Murray movie, obviously. But, like, I was just... I just wanted to make sure that you weren't thinking of this other movie. No, no. It's called Larger Than Life. That is actually, I think it's pretty good. Probably didn't do well. I saw it when I was like really young, maybe like 99 or 2000. But uh, yeah, I that's my that's, I, that's my word as well. So, Two elephant movies in a row. Well, hold nice. on. A, hold on a minute. Let me let me look this up because now you're making Lou has me another elephant. Whoa, 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 whoa. Well, you're making, you well, sure? like, because now I'm like second guessing myself. Like, was he in that movie? I'm second guessing myself. Joey, because I know you the, look it up. I know the movie. I know the movie. Right, I, fair I, enough. I saw the Joey, movie. Am I looking up Operation Bubble Drop? No, Dumbo, Dumbo Drop. Dumb- oh, Upper- yeah, that's definitely a movie. Well, Is Bill yes. Murray in it? That's really the only thing we need to know. No. No. <laughs> Dennis Leary's in it. Wait, who's Dennis in Leary? it? Yeah. Who's in it? De- Dennis Leary. Uh, Danny Glover. Ah, fuck. Okay, so I I knew Danny Glover was in it. You mix yeah. up Ray Liotta with Bill Murray, dude. They both have rugged faces. They do have rugged faces. They do. Oh, Lou. Maybe I was thinking of Larger Than Life, but Lou, you were thinking of Larger Than Life the whole time, and I guessed it, which made well, no, I was thinking of Operation Dumble Drop because I described to you the the premise of that whole film. I just didn't, for some reason, I was thinking he was in that movie. (laughs) Elephants, man. I love that, dude. I've done that with a bunch of movies too. 
Yeah. Just... Yeah, ele- yeah, elephant movies, elephant movies. Well, it doesn't matter because I was like, you know, obviously you, you beat out Joey anyway, so you, you took down the crown. Jim Jarmusch. You bet your sweet Katankas you did. Speaking of sweet Katankases, we have a special treat for you coming out of the holidays. Our next episode, we are going to be covering the cinematic classic, although widely ignored at multiple award ceremonies, the uh, the fantastic film Interstellar, featuring a sweet, what did you say, Katonkatonk? When you're referring to someone's ass, Matthew McConaughey's Katankas, uh, uh, Katankas, 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 um, or Katukas, Katukas, yeah. yes, uh, Interstellar. That is going to be the next mm. one uh, coming up. One of my one of my personal favorite uh, space adventure films. Me too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one. It's good, very good. We're gonna have fun with that one. Everybody, uh, have a, you know, learn learn from this here movie. Learn from Scrooge. And trapped in paradise and Krampus. Yeah. Don't uh, you know, be give, give back. Don't be mean. Don't go be a better person. Don't go rob that bank in Pennsylvania. And you know, maybe if you have cousins that are a little tomboyish and want to beat you up because their dad's David Keckner, you know, just just you can deal with just it. Let them, let them beat you up. Give them a hug while they're beating you up. You know, mm-hmm. take it like a be like, I love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them get eaten by the Jack in the Box monster, dude. <laughs> Except if you want to make a movie entertaining for me, then yeah, let them do that. <laughs> eat more kids. Eat long more kids. Short, long story short, eat more kids and have a nice Christmas, everybody. And a happy new year.